Thank you for joining us today for the Conform to Christ podcast, where we seek to engage the mind, affect the heart, and call people to follow Christ. Jay Jones, and I'm here with George Mays, and it is Free For All Friday. But we're starting a new series, it's, so it's, uh, I guess it's still Free For All Friday, but it's kind of similar to the other series we've done. <clears throat> this one will, what do we say we're going to do? Maybe like, do like five for sure, probably, and then we'll see how many more. But it's on um, most misused Bible verses, or most abused Bible verses. So that's what we're doing, and we're going to go, we're going to kick it off with everybody's favorite verse in the entire world. <clears throat> Judge not that you be not judged. Matthew 7, 1. I feel like we need to start <clears throat> with uh, something from the Old Testament about immigrants. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> have you have you been following you've been following the Texas situation, haven't you? Yeah. Any thoughts? There's there's a bunch of uh, governors that are right are yeah. uh, showing support for for uh, Governor Abbott. Yeah, and there's a trucker convoy heading down oh, there. I don't even know about that. Yeah, there's a trucker yeah. convoy that's heading down there also. Yeah, uh, like they did in Canada several years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a trucker convoy going down. Well, it seems, you know, just I think rather obvious when we, uh, how the numbers have just like spiked. Mm-hmm. Like it's astronomical how much it's gone up. And so this, the federal government's just failed to do its job. Just think back to 9-11, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, this would never happen after that because people were hyper aware of the danger. Like knowing that there are a lot of people coming because they're seeking a better life for their families, right? Mm-hmm. But that's just easily capitalized upon <clears throat> by people who have like want to kill us. They can just easily get in through that. And in fact, I think there were many back then uh, plots foiled with just that uh, plan. But today, I mean, in the state of the world, in the Middle East, um, it just seems absolutely reckless to uh, to just to keep it open like that, right? So, uh, I uh, <clears throat> look at uh, Dusty's Twitter feed every once in a while. Uh-huh. New uh, new senator in Oklahoma, uh, and he he tweeted about it, um, standing with Governor Abbott. Uh-huh. And uh, the comments, which reinforce why I would never go into <laughs> go into politics, uh, ranged everywhere from uh, "Where's that in the Bible?" to like actually quoting stuff from Leviticus to "We're not a theocracy." Mm-hmm. And I thought it was funny seeing both of those comments. Like, which one is it? Is it we need to follow what the Old Testament says about? aliens living among us or are we not a theocracy <laughs> right like which one is it yeah which one do we pick yeah uh but um yeah it's it's interesting we might we might want to engage with that uh those passages sometime yeah sometime in the future coming yeah. up Just talk about what that means it's interesting to me that no one really <clears throat> applies the same standards to other countries mm. like why don't you just try to go to china you just try apply the same standard you have for America and just try to get you a collection of about 500 people, hop on a boat, and then try to go enter China. Yeah, no. <laughs> like no nation. I mean, you even take European nations. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't hear, I You're don't not he- getting in. Yeah, I don't, I don't hear anyone complaining about passports. Right. Like you can't get into another country without a passport. Right. But you can get into Texas... Yeah. And it's more than that, too, when it comes to the Texas situation. Like, uh, I've talked to you about, like, I've got all kinds of ideas about things we could do, because there are a lot of people yeah. that are good. Uh, I'm sure you do. They, they want a better life, so I can imagine uh, if I if I had no way to take care of my kids, like, mm-hmm. I'm going to do whatever I got to do to take care of them, you know? Right. If that means I got to cross illegally so they don't starve to death and yeah. I send money back to them. That's what it means, and there are a lot of people like that. They're doing that. So, you know, we had an Ellis Island 
period where pretty much anybody could come here, mm. be documented, and begin working. And I think we probably need something like that. It's pretty obvious the birth rate in America is unsustainable mm-hmm. uh, because Americans hate children, and they're we're just we've just decided to destroy our civilization because we hate children. Mm. And so, people coming into our country is isn't necessarily a bad thing. Mm. It could be a very good thing. So, all of our you know relatives came here that some way legally so there's got to be some way to do that and there are a lot of really good hard hard working people but there's a really bad dark side of human trafficking and some really wicked and evil things going on Mm -hmm. and so having it just kind of as it is right now empowers that type of evil right so you need to shut it down somehow first then i think open up like a LSI, like maybe we need a new Statue of Liberty in Texas where people can just come and and, and legally, and like the people that want to be here as good citizens, um, and we have enough land, we can we can be okay, right? Um, fentanyl, I mean. Yeah. So from Abbott's perspective, he, he, I think, rightly sees this as an invasion. Right. And again, don't twist his words because he knows there are good people among them, but there are a lot of bad people. Right. And the drugs and the number of Americans dying. Yeah. And they haven't, they haven't, they haven't, they're not, they're not, he's not talking about the legal ways, right? The, the legal entry points into Texas. Right. He's talking about these people that are swimming across the river uh-huh. and trying to climb over razor wire. Right. Yeah. And so, I mean, he has an obligation to protect the citizens of, of Texas from a drug invasion. I mean, it's a, right. It's a drug invasion going on. So yeah. this isn't as, um, <clears throat> if you're against illegal immigration, that doesn't make you a racist because you could be against illegal immigration and for legal immigration, mm-hmm. even for expanding legal immigration. So yeah. people can come here and, and pursue their dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not the way it's always presented p- politically. Right. They're like, you're you're against the alien and foreigner, mm-hmm. though they would never use the term alien. You're, you're, you know what I mean? You're against the foreigner and you're against the Bible. Um, the aliens are already here, Jay. Yeah, the aliens are here. They don't care about razor wire. They just, they just phase, phase out. Right through. They phase right through that razor wire. <laughs> Jay, are we going to talk about what happened this morning? <laughs> <laughs> you can if you want, George. Start with start. Tell us about what happened. You 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 pulled up. It was a night. It's a pretty nice day. You pull up in your car. Yeah, yeah the sun's out. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's something we haven't seen in a, a few days. Yeah, yeah. It's in a good mood. Came in. Yeah, it's whistling a little tune. I heard you whistling. Yeah, you, you heard in. me. I'm sure you did. <laughs> <laughs> so I walked past. <laughs> Anyone that goes to church should, should know. You walk past Jay's office. He wasn't there. Lights on. He's probably talking to Philip or, or Larry. I go into my, I have a little hallway. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I went into it. It's a little book nook. Yeah. Uh, hmm. And uh, start turning on my my lights in my office. Having a good time. <laughs> <laughs> I come around my desk, and there's Jay <laughs> jumps out from underneath <laughs> underneath my desk. <laughs> ah! <laughs> you you let out a little. A little I want to call it. A, it wasn't a scream. But it was like a little, a little bit, a, bit, a little man yell. <laughs> let out a little yell. <laughs> And I think you might have caught like an inch of air. I think you jumped a little bit. I said, you're under the desk. (laughs) (laughs) I don't, I don't know how, I don't think I could physically get (laughs) under a desk. I don't know how you fit under there. (laughs) Did you like hear, did you hear the, did you hear the, the, the doorbell go off and, and like scramble <laughs> into my office. What'd you do? I was I was up and I saw your car come by. Okay. And so I ran in and I told <laughs> Philip I ran into Philip's office. I said, I'm gonna scare George. I was hoping he would record it, but he didn't he didn't record it. 
<laughs> it could have been po- good podcast material had he recorded it. Parker scared me on Monday. What's going on? Did he really? <laughs> He's hiding behind my door. <laughs> <laughs> trying to help you work on your situational awareness. <laughs> I guess. Trying to give it's me a good. heart attack. It's a positive work environment in here. <laughs> <laughs> Something. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm. I, I think I'm okay now. I think. Yeah. I think I'm all right. You're hyped for the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, good. Times. Uh, came across this story several weeks ago. I kept wanting to bring it out, but uh, just didn't have an opportunity. I thought it was. It's funny, but it's sad at the same time. This is a story from the New York Post from December fifteenth. Um, you can throw it up on the screen if you want to. You can see the uh, headline. Gen Z suffers from menu anxiety when dining out with many too scared to order their own meals. What? What? There's no way. There's no way. Menu anxiety. Like there's too much like there's too much to read. They're overwhelmed by the amount. Researchers asked more than 2000 people how relaxed they felt while eating out, hoping to gauge how enjoyable the experience is for everyone. About 86% of Gen Z adults aged 18 to 24 in the study admitted they have suffered from menu anxiety when dining in restaurants. (laughs) Some of these young adults, 34%, reported feeling so anxious they wind up asking other people at the table to speak to waiters on their behalf. Bro. Got a lot of very anxious people in the world. My, now I have I have my own theory as to why this would be the case. Hmm. And I think it's because we are not used to talking to people in person anymore. Well, okay. People yeah. people are so glued to their phones that, that they they can't talk to somebody. That here comes a, like stranger. a stranger. Yeah. yeah. That that's my that's my my theory. Yeah. Hmm. Well, you know, I I kind of take my philosophy is uh when people have are have anxiety about something, it's desensitizing them to it by exposure. Mm-hmm. That's kind of my philosophy. Uh, I think it, it works. I think it's proven to work <clears throat> that if you if something causes you anxiety, uh-huh. rather than avoid it, you should expose yourself to it repeatedly until you become desensitized to it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, yeah. hey, I'm just here for the. Uh, what's that? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Good to see you. Good to see you, friend. Here comes uh there was a Parker Green made an appearance. Little cameo. Yeah. Oh my goodness. We got another another cameo. There's another another cameo. Fix that. Yeah, we've been we've been trying to get that fixed for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Philip. Philip with an appearance. Just need Dave. Where's Dave? It's like a circus up here today. Yeah. (laughs) No, that works. Desensitizing you to your your uh, fears and what causes you anxiety it works, man. Like yeah. There's a I learned this in the army. Like when you go through basic training, you'll be exposed to everything that could possibly cause a human fear. Mm. Everything. So if you have fear of heights, they make you climb this crazy weird tower. Yeah. And like it's not like you have a, a safety thing on you. Like if you fall off the tower, you're gonna get hurt. Mm. But you have to climb it, or they'll like you have to climb. You have to crawl through like a water. Like a drainage, I think it's like a drainage ditch, one of those round ones that go under roads. Be filled with water. Like you can still breathe, but you got to climb through it. So you're just, if you have claustrophobia, like you're going to have a freak out. Mm. And they make you do that stuff. And so you have to do all this stuff like over and over. Then eventually, like if you have any type of fear whatsoever, you're going to be like, yeah, yeah. But I know that I can do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? It works, man. You got social. <clears throat> you have social anxiety. Expose yourself to other people enough, and eventually you'll you'll adjust. Like human, the human human beings are incredibly adaptable. You know. So if you got if you've got s- some anxiety about ordering, here's my recommendation. Okay. You go to Ponchitos here in Lawton, right, and you open the menu. And there'll be so many things on there. You could eat there every day. For it like- is funny that you mentioned that specific restaurant because just last week, Julia was mentioning that she hadn't heard you oh, mention yeah, yeah. that Well, I'm mentioning it. 
<laughs> I'm trying to get these guys help. I mean, you know, they don't they don't really do marketing. It's a shame there yeah. aren't more people eating in there because they've got all kinds of things. Mm. That, uh, like, but also, George, an added bonus is when you go there, the person taking your order, there's a good chance they probably don't speak English. Mm-hmm. So you're going to be exposed to a menu that has all kinds of things, yeah. more than you can look at. And then you're going to have to figure out how to communicate. Mm-hmm. And I usually go with the point method. <laughs> that's yeah. that's mine. I, I just open the menu and I just go that right there, and uh, do that enough, and and you'll be over your your uh, menu anxiety. <laughs> yeah, come on, Gen Zers, you can order off the menu. You can do it. it. Is. <laughs> and as an added bonus at Ponchitos, you can pay by scanning a QR code and paying on your phone. There you go. So there's one less thing for you to worry about. Don't have <clears> to. Pay, <throat> don't have to pay a waiter. Or pay at the uh, as you leave. That's an option at a lot of places. Pay as you leave. Yeah. Or just dine and dash. George, I, mean. <laughs> George, I, I, I am wondering what kind of anxieties do you have? How long we got? You do have a strange one, though. You have a telephone anxiety. I do. You don't nope. like to talk on the telephone. I do not like talking on the telephone. I don't know where that came from because that hasn't always been the case. I used to talk on the phone all the time. Think back to your childhood. Was there a time when you got wrapped up in the phone cord and couldn't get out? No, no. That caused though this? we did. Though we did. Did you have people the, don't know what that means? Like, did you have the phone cord though? Oh yeah, stretched like yeah, halfway yeah. across the house. You gotta have it. You gotta have it. Gotta have yeah. that. Yeah. 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 Now people don't even. You know, our kids don't even know what that. We don't even have. We a went home, through. We don't even have a home phone. You have a home phone? No. Larry, do you have a home phone? Nobody yeah, has, no, nobody's no, got no, a home phone. No one's got a home phone. We don't even have a church phone. How's that for it? No, huh? we do we not. We have cell phones only. Nope. Contact info <laughs> in the back of the bulletin. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I don't know. I used to talk on the phone all the time. I mean, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know why I stopped talking on the phone, but yeah, I, I don't like it. Yeah. I'd rather talk face-to-face with someone than talk on the phone. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. You've got a strange one. You, you don't like sharks. Yeah. You live, not, in, you live in Oklahoma. And, mm-hmm. I, I'm thinking, I'm starting to think though, however, because I can get in the water and like swim around. If you can see like really good, doesn't bother me. Well. Uh, but I think it's really, I can't remember there's a term for it. It's like a fear of the deep. I think that's what it is. I think it's more... I think that's a rational fear. <laughs> Being, because it's like you're in the ocean, if you're in the ocean, yeah. and it, you don't know what's under mm-hmm. you. So that really, like if, if I was on the ocean and our, and our and it cracked, like it mm-hmm. sank and we're just floating out there in the ocean, yeah, like I'm going to probably have a heart attack. Mm. Yeah. Even if I have a life raft. Yeah. That right there. I, I think talking on the phone is maybe my biggest fear. Really? Yeah. Wow. I know. Wow. Yeah, that that is that is interesting. I I don't know. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Huh. I don't know what to tell you. I guess we just need to have daily conversations to uh, desensitize please, you. Oh, please please don't. I'll call, I'll try to call you once a day. <laughs> All right. I'm trying to Well, I'm trying to look out for you. <clears throat> when I don't answer, just no, I've got caller ID, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, and if your name doesn't pop up on my phone, I'm I probably won't answer. Yeah, um, this one will be a surprise to probably a lot of people, but I have major anxiety for public speaking, big time, mm. big time. Now, when I get up to preach, it's different because I have time to like prepare, like through worship and then prayer beforehand. But I'm I'm getting myself ready, like. And then I kind of just, as I stand up to go, kind of blank out. I go into a zone. But, like, if I get asked to speak to... Are you telling us you're in a trance when you're you're preaching, Jay? It's similar to a trance, yeah. Some would say it's getting in the zone. Could we throw stuff at you and you wouldn't even notice? No, I would notice. I would notice. Like, I noticed, I thought some people left during the last sermon. Mm -hmm. But they actually didn't. I think they went to the, maybe the bathroom and came back. But I thought they got mad about something I said and they left. Because that's happened before. But I noticed that. But <clears throat> but if I, like if I get asked to come speak at like a FCA or something like that, yeah. and there's going to be like seven people there, mm-hmm. I'll worry about it all week. Really? 
and then I'll be super anxious. Mm. I'll get up and stand before like seven kids, and I'm like, oh. it's like even worse than like way worse than getting up to preach in front of the church, mm. or even doing like baptisms. Yeah, sitting back there waiting like. <laughs> all right, now I gotta get up. I gotta talk in front of all these people. Like, oh. The wait is the worst. They're all looking. There's, not, up it's here. Not, there's no. There's no comfortable. There's no comfortable place to to sit yeah. while you're up there waiting. <laughs> so I'm. You know, the desensitizing program. It's going pretty well. Um, I yeah, I used, a lot. yeah. I used to. Yeah. <laughs> I used to. I used to really have a fear of getting up in front of people, but it it doesn't bother me very much anymore. That's good. Yeah, I can. Yeah. Like at our our homeschool program, they'll often ask me to come up and say something, uh, and I, it doesn't really bother. You know, me. they always say like, "Oh, if you uh, you're not called to be a preacher, if you could see yourself doing anything else." And I'm like, "I could see myself doing other stuff all the time, man. Like, <laughs> like I wouldn't have picked this for myself. Like, uh, if God gives a job applications, public speaking every week, yeah. I'm gonna go. Huh? I don't think so." Mm. Right, but you know the calling overrides your uh, anxieties. Mm. So, and, and like I said, when I get up to preach, I feel like God equips me yeah. for that for that moment to mm. preach. But it's just like the other stuff. I'm not going to be a volunteer. Like, who wants to come talk to these uh, to these kids? I'm gonna be like, oh, oh, like it, I, it's irrational, right? It's completely irrational. Almost as irrational as ordering from a waiter. Mm. But there you go. Look, they're learning. People are learning things about us. They probably want us to talk about this. Uh, they probably do. They're, they're like, I, I tuned in for this. What else we got though? We got we got this one. Obviously, we start with uh, judging. Like, <laughs> so judge, why, judge so why are we, why are we doing this? Well, because <laughs> I'm I, I'm asking you a serious question, Jay. Why serious are, question. <laughs> why are we doing this? Well, yeah. number why, one. Why are we doing this? Why are we doing this series? Well, we needed something to do. All right. There's the first one. Okay. That's, <laughs> that's a fair answer. And I and I think doing series are kind of fun too. Yeah. But yeah, there's just there are a lot of Bible verses um that are just completely taken out of their context and used and abused mm. and people just that really know. You it's pretty obvious. Even even, even sometimes preachers yeah. will use some of the ones we're going to we're going to talk about, I think, you'll see uh, as we get to those, will be used uh, just completely wrong. But, but the most popular one today is judge not, you know, lest you be judged. Everyone knows it. Everyone knows that verse, yeah. It's kind of overtaken John 3.16. There, there was a time where John 3.16 but was probably the Bible verse yeah. that most people kind of knew. Mm-hmm. I think this is it today. Oh, yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. So Matthew, without a doubt, Matthew seven. That's where we're going to begin, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So, and I wish we had like some type of good video, but I think everybody has encountered um, "judge not." Uh, have you ever? Have you ever seen? It's a pretty popular tattoo these days. Only God can mm-hmm. judge me. Yeah, you ever seen that? Mm-hmm. Or you know, people will meme it. Only God can judge me. I don't know this for a fact, but I think. Tupac made that popular. Oh, really? Yeah. Because he had an, um, well, I can't remember the name of the album. Hmm. I'm not brushed up on my gangster rap like I, I should be. <laughs> uh, but there was a song that was called that, Only God Can Judge Me. And I think that's what really popular popularized that statement um, in the in the culture today. Only God can judge me. Like that's a, like, like that's a good thing. Right. That's that's what's funny about it. You can't it judge is me. A, yes, it is a Tupac song. Only God can judge me. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And so the meme, the I think the meme is like, only God can, can judge me. And it's like, yeah, that's worse. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's that's worse. That's not, a, that's not a good thing. So, yeah. But we've we've seen that. That's used uh, usually anytime anyone would try to point anything out. Um People will who who really a lot of them aren't even Christians. They'll they're quick to go there. That's their rebuttal always. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so we'll talk about it. Okay, yeah. So thoughts. Have you encountered this before? 
I don't know if it's ever been quoted at me, but certainly the uh, the idea mm-hmm. of don't judge, don't be judgmental, right? Like that's 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 um, it's it's kind of morphed into stop being so judgmental. Yeah, right. Yeah. We talked about this. Uh, we talked about this with the um, the Alistair Begg clip on uh, on Tuesday. Mm. Uh, he said that the the grandmother should uh, should go. Uh-huh. Right. And uh, she could surprise him with her love, but if she doesn't go, then she'll just reinforce the idea that Christians are judgmental. Mm. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's it's the f- the phraseology, I guess, has kind of morphed into this. Mm-hmm. Stop being so judgmental. Right. Like uh, an attitude of judging. Uh huh. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't think I've actually, I don't think anyone's actually like quoted this passage at me. Yeah. But it does bring up a curious question. If people are always saying mm-hmm. that Christians are judgmental, mm-hmm. are they not judging themselves? Right. By some standard. There's mm-hmm. some standard out there apparently that people are saying Christians are judgmental by. <sighs> what is that standard? Well, yeah. 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 Um it's the same it's the same ideas uh like Christians are just indoctrinating their children. Mm-hmm. So send them to you know public school so someone else can indoctrinate them instead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like indoctrination happens. You can't you can't avoid it. Yeah. I mean if you're I I mean I guess you can avoid it if you just are a completely hands-off parent. Yeah, you're still going to indoctrination is a is a strong word. I mean, you mm-hmm. you're going to teach you're going to teach and pass things on to your children. Which that no matter that what. is what indoctrination yeah. means. Doctrine is just teaching. <clears throat> teaching in is in, <laughs> yeah. so it's just in teaching. You're, mm-hmm. you're just you're just passing teaching along to mm-hmm. someone else, right? And hoping that they take it in and, uh-huh. and that they live that way also yeah uh, everyone's everyone's doing that right right uh, really the question is who is doing the indoctrination uh-huh. right um, it's the same with judging don't judge and whenever it's used as um, kind of this attack phrase against Christians it's by people who are judging Christians like you're judging me for being wrong you're wrong yeah, yeah, yeah. So the people pretty much only know the verse, judge not that you may not be judged. And they just kind of stop there. But it'd be very helpful if they just kept going. So maybe <clears throat> just read. Should we read it when you read it for us? Well, it's set the context. I mean, it's it's this is not a, a passage that's just floating out there in a vacuum. Yeah. Um, it's in the Sermon on the Mount. Uh-huh. So it's it's within one block of teaching. Uh-huh. Found in Matthew chapter five through seven, right? right. Um, and there's a clear there's a clear structure to how Jesus is is presenting this. Mm-hmm. Um, so you you start with the beatitudes. What is what what are the characteristics of a disciple? Mm-hmm. And it moves into really um, a contrast between the Pharisees. And their supposed righteousness, mm-hmm. and what what does it look like to actually follow the teachings of the scriptures? Right, because they have their own standard. Right, man made standard. And they would take the scriptures. So you you get places like Jesus is saying, "You have heard it said, do not murder." Uh huh. But I say to you, anyone who is angry with his brother without cause is guilty. And so the, and he'd say it with adultery and um, swearing an oath, and he he just goes through uh-huh. um, several things: retaliation, uh, loving your enemies. Um, so they would they the Pharisees they take these teachings and they would say, well, I I haven't actually committed adultery, yeah, and so I'm following the letter of the law. Mm-hmm. And Jesus says, but I say to you, anyone that looks with lustful intent at a woman 
has committed adultery with her in your heart. Yeah. And so he's he's um unpacking the, the true teaching of the law. Yeah. And he's saying, No, it's it's not just what you're doing, it's it's what's going on in your heart that mm-hmm. leads you to do yeah. these things. Yeah. So it's it's not just it's not just the finished product of murder. Mm-hmm. It's where does murder start? It starts in your heart. Okay. Uh, with with anger and hatred. And so he's so he is um he's not really introducing new things so much as he's getting to what the law was about in the in the first place. What the law was right. uh, what what the law was meant to expose was the problem of the heart. Yeah. Um and then it moves into practicing righteousness, uh prayer and fasting and and giving um and then we get kind of this transition um coming off of this into um false teachers like identifying those who are believers or who are disciples and those who aren't um and so it's there it's it's there uh in the middle of this sermon that he he says this right and that it's 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 still exposing the false teaching of the Pharisees in contrast with what does a disciple look like? Mm-hmm. And so we, we have to understand that when we're, when we come to this and then we have to read more than just one verse. Yeah. Yeah. True. Very true. You want me to read it? Yes, I do. You can oh, read it. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. So we want, we want to, we want to read um, six verses, mm-hmm. not just one. Uh, judge not that you be not judged for with the judgment you pronounce you will be judged and with the measure you use it will be measured to you why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye but do not notice the log that is in your own eye or how can you say to your brother let me take the speck out of your eye when there is a log in your own eye you hypocrite first take the log out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye do not give dogs what is holy, and do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. Yeah. And there's the... There it is. There's the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. So the verse really isn't about not judging others. It's about, just to summarize it, it's about judging people with the right judgment and not being a hypocrite. So if you... Uh, let's take take a, a scenario. You see some guy who is um, maybe they're not a good, not being a good husband toward their wife, right? You then you observe that, and then you approach them, confront them about that. Meanwhile, you at home are an absolute jerk to your wife. That would be a perfect illustration of what he is speaking about, right? Yes. So how can you then, how can you apply, and, and the standard of, of what we say when we say judge with right judgment is not man's standard, like the Pharisees had. They had all these standards that were outside of God's law, like an extra fence, a perimeter fence, and they were judging everybody according to these things. But the standard by which we are to judge is God's word and his law. But how can you do that? if you are engaged in the very same thing to which you are trying to correct somebody on. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's it in, in the broadest sense. Yeah. Right there. Uh, we, we know that it's not do not judge at all. We know yeah. that that's the wrong interpretation because Jesus would be saying a self-contradictory statement here if, if, right. if that's what he meant. Uh-huh. Because by saying do not judge and then calling them hypocrites... He's judging. Yes. He he's he's casting a judgment right um on their actions. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um and so what he yeah it's it's it is um uh, we can we can go over we can there's some other passages oh, yeah. that we can look at there's to, a lot. that will help to We can jump over to, to understand Luke. I think this. Luke chapter chapter 6. Mm-hmm. It's very similar but even if you just keep reading down mm-hmm. um he tells so this is for his disciples mm-hmm. to beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inward 
Inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or from fig this or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree that bears good bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognize them by their fruits. So if we're not to judge at all, then we have no way of judging. Like we can't discern people's fruit, mm. and we can't tell who are who are uh, false teachers coming into the church. Right. We can't even discern like who who are appropriate church leaders. There's no way to do anything. Mm-hmm. If the standard is do not judge, then we can't even examine fruit, which is what it's he just, just. It's just a free for all. It's just anarchy. Yeah. Right? yeah. You, why Why would we even spend time? teaching right why, why would he why would we even spend time with this book if if that's what it meant it's just a free-for-all don't judge uh-huh. um it it doesn't make any sense you, it's it's irrational it's it's a completely illogical belief right yeah it and in another way it's kind of leveraged in our culture is this you can't judge me because you don't know my life like you don't know what I've been through in my life. Right. So now how can you judge me here now? Uh, right. So I think the important thing in that situation is to say, um, I'm not judging you because I don't have an, a standard. That's my own standard. Mm-hmm. God's God is ultimately the judge. He's got a standard. Right. And so that standard is the baseline mm-hmm. from which any judgment is made. Right. So yes, only God can judge you. And here's how he does. Yeah. Right. This is what he says. This is what his word says. Mm-hmm. So, but then to to not be a hypocrite, to not be a person that could someone could say, well, look at you. Like, how are you going to call me out on this? And you don't even live like a disciple. Right. Right. So. Yeah, and that's that's what he says um, in verse uh, three and four. He says, "Why do you see the speck that's in your brother's eye, but?" You do not notice the the word is consider. Uh-huh. You you don't even give a thought to the log that's in your own eye. So you're you're going around trying to get you're you're nitpicking out of every, you know what everyone else is doing, mm-hmm. and you aren't even stopping to consider your own life and what what's completely blinding you to your own sin, right? Yeah, and so he says. Um, first, you need to you need to take the the log out of your own eye, and then you'll see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's. Right. Eye. And the the I mean the imagery there the, the the way that he's communicating this is so I mean it's comical when you you think of somebody that has maybe a. A, a tiny speck in their eye, uh, mm. which is a problem. If you've ever had anything in your eye, <laughs> you know it doesn't have to be big to cause a lot of problems. Yeah. But uh, you've got this other person that's trying to get the speck out of this other person's eye, and they've got this gigantic beam right. <laughs> that's hanging out of their you own eye. You can't see what they're they can't see what they're doing. How how can they expect to get the speck out of their brother's eye when they they haven't even looked in the mirror to see? I've got something more than just a little speck in my eye. Right. Um, I'm I'm completely blinded. Uh-huh. Um, but this is this is a common this is this is common mm-hmm. for people. Um, it's it's really easy to see other people's faults. Right. And ignore our own. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the things that we probably I mean, I, I I think if if I'm being honest, a lot of the things that bother me the most about what my kids do. Mm. are probably things that they picked up from me. Ah. <laughs> so the things that the things that annoy me the most ah. are probably things that that, you... that I do. Ah. Um and so first I need to examine what's going on with me, but that doesn't mean that I just say, well, I I understand. I understand where you're coming from. Right. So just you do you. Uh-huh. <laughs> like who am I to say? Uh-huh. Um it he says, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you can see clearly to get the speck out of your brother's eye. Yeah. 
So it's not a, um, you know, just live and let live. It's not a, um, well, uh, I'll excuse it because I, I've got my own problems. Yeah. Um, it's, I'll repent first. Yeah. And then I'll help you mm-hmm. to repent. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And we see this. We see this in other places. Uh, and he he says to the uh, to the Jews uh, in John chapter seven, there um, there's questions about who who Jesus is, mm-hmm. and um, John chapter seven, uh, I guess beginning in verse 14, it says about the middle of the feast, Jesus went up into the temple and began teaching. The Jews therefore marveled, saying, how is it that this man has learning when he has never studied? So Jesus answered them, my teaching is not mine, but his who sent me. If anyone's will is to do God's will, he will know whether the teaching is from God or whether I'm speaking on my own authority. The one who speaks on his own authority seeks his own glory, but the one who seeks the glory of him who sent him is true, and in him there is no falsehood. Has not Moses given you the law? Yet none of you keeps the law. Why do you seek to kill me? The crowd answered, you have a demon. Who is seeking to kill you? Jesus answered them, I did one work and you all marvel at it. Moses gave you circumcision, not that it is from Moses, but from the fathers. And you circumcise a man on the Sabbath. If on the Sabbath a man receives circumcision so that the law of Moses may not be broken, are you angry with me because on the Sabbath I made a man's whole body well? Do not judge by appearances, but judge with right judgment. Yeah. So he's calling them back to the scriptures. Examine mm-hmm. what what did Moses say, right? And then judge what I'm doing, yeah, based on the scriptures. Don't yeah. don't judge just by what what you are observing, not not just what the things that you are um, thinking is right in your right. Own, in your own mind, yeah. but judge with right judgment. Yes, yeah. That, and judging by that standard. So there is a standard by which humans right. are judged. Mm-hmm. It's not a man-made standard. Right. He'll do something similar, you know, when they're angry. They always get angry when he heals somebody on the Sabbath. And mm-hmm. and he brings up the law. Like, if an animal falls into a pit on the Sabbath day, you don't just let your animal die. Right. right? you got to get your animal out and care for it. Mm-hmm. How much more then? Yeah, here's a person. A person. Yeah. Um, yeah, so having the right standard of judgment, and a church really can't function and be a healthy church uh, without without having judgment, discernment, and judgment. <clears throat> it's part of being being in a church community. There are there are many verses. So the end of James. James ends like this: My brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth, and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. And so the question then, obviously, is how can you do that if you're not making any judgment? Right. The judgment is man's standard, mm-hmm. right? And I think a lot of the problem is that so many people have grown up in a Christian culture where this this wasn't applied. So churches may have done what the Pharisees have done. Let's take one, which maybe doesn't impact our culture so much, but maybe our parents' culture more than ours. Uh, let's take drinking and smoking and apply this standard. In our parents' generation, drinking at all, which is not forbidden in God's law, right? Or smoking tobacco, not forbidden in God's law. Um, they may kick you out of the church for that. So, there was a uh, there was a clause in the original. Uh, I don't know if it was the church covenant. I think it was the church bylaws uh, at at Northwest when I got here that said that uh, members could not um, drink alcohol or work anywhere where alcohol was sold. Yeah. And I uh, talked to the deacons. I was like, we got to, we got to get rid of this. I mean, you, if you just obey the law, uh, you know, the letter of this, like you're telling people they can't work at Walmart. Yeah. Or a gas station. Our gas station can't work at Chili's. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, right. We got to strike this thing. All places that they would go shop at or mm-hmm. go eat at, right. even after church. Yeah. So that, yeah, that's that kind of hypocrisy that the world has observed, I think, over the past multiple generations. And now, of course, they are weaponized it to justify all kinds of crazy, crazy things like, uh, you know, uh, what do they call them? Wolf Therians. 
the people that that think they're animals and stuff, and they're like, "Judge not, I'm a wolf." <laughs> right? Who are you to judge me? <laughs> I I'm only judged by the code of the pack. Little uh, little sidebar. Did you see the? Uh, I th- I think it was here in Oklahoma. The Oklahoma senator that said that furries. Yes. Furries. They if they identified as an animal in yeah. school, that they had to be picked up by their parents, and if their parents didn't <laughs> didn't come, then animal control would be called. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty good legislative troll. Yeah. Yeah. Because that means they're coming in interrupting the classroom. Uh, right. Like not talking, making animal noises. <laughs> right. Like it's full full blown insanity. So mm. yeah. But I can't I think that's kind of what how kind of we arrived here. But to be a church and to function as a church, you you are expected to if you if someone in your church has fallen into sin, you have to have a way first off to identify that because that's bad for them, that's harmful for them. Mm-hmm. Um and then have a standard by which you approach that person. You can't do what James says to do here if we're not, if we're not, if it's just judge not. Mm-hmm. Right? There's, there's, there's none of that. Um, I think Galatians as well, right? The end of uh, Galatians mm-hmm. has something similar. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, brothers, this is chapter six. If anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Again, not possible if, if it's just judge not. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, church discipline, Matthew 18, the whole goal there. Um, and maybe you, if you flip there, you can read it for us, but the whole context is you know, somebody's in sin, in the church, and the goal is to restore them. That's always the goal. Like the goal isn't to find somebody, judge them, expel them. It's to bring them back. Yeah. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault. That implies judging. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, between him and you alone, if he listens to you, you've gained your brother. If he does not listen, take one or two others along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Mm. Right. Um, we see the same thing in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Um, and he even talks about judging mm-hmm. um, in that passage. Um, he says that uh, you know it's it's been reported there's sexual immorality among you and of the kind that's not even tolerated among the pagans for a man has his father's wife. Um, and you're arrogant. So there's a, there's a man who um, is marrying or, or sleeping with his probably stepmom. Mm-hmm. And the Corinthian church is arrogant, probably because, hey, we're not judging. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're super spiritual here. Oh, did you, did you see that? Uh, it's kind of a, I guess, a troll, but it was a very, I don't know, that's too strong of a word. It was kind of a, living parable because of what happened with Alistair Pegg mm-hmm. and saying you should go to the wedding. Mm-hmm. And so someone tweeted, they're like, yeah, you know, kind of like in the church whenever uh, you got a guy in your church who's sleeping with his with his mom, mm-hmm. stepmother, and they, they decide to get married in the church, you should not only should you go along with that, you should bring a present. Right. And it's this scenario uh-huh. he's bringing up from Corinthians. Right, yeah. Uh, American Family Radio uh, dropped Alistair Begg's uh, radio program yeah. because he was, they gave him a chance to respond and he doubled down apparently. And, and yeah. uh, so they dropped him. Yeah. So uh, interesting. Yeah, it is. Keep, keep following that. Keep following that story. Mm-hmm. It's, it's uh, I'm interested to see where it goes. Uh, but he, he, he says your, bo- your boasting is not good. Um, do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Put a little yeast into the, the dough and it, if, like you don't have to have a lot; you just have a little, and it affects the whole the whole loaf, right? Cleanse out the old leaven, that you may be a new lump, as you really are unleavened. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sanctified, or sacrificed. Sorry, uh, Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. So cleanse out, like judge in the church. Uh-huh. Like don't don't just let it don't just let someone uh, commit sexual immorality here in the church. 
Uh, let us therefore celebrate the festival, not with the old leaven, the leaven of malice and evil, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people, not at all meaning the sexually immoral of this world or the greedy and swindlers or idolaters, since then you would need to go out of the world. So he's not writing about like monasticism. Right. But now I'm writing to you not to associate with anyone who bears the name of brother if he is guilty of sexual immorality or greed or is an idolater, reviler, drunkard, or swindler, not even to eat with such a one. For what have I to do with judging outsiders? So he's not, he's, he's, he is not saying go around just bashing unbelievers or on the head. Right. But he says, is it not those inside the church whom you are to judge? God judges those outside, purge the evil person from among you. Mm -hmm. Um, So that there has to be a judgment within the church to keep the church pure. Yeah. Um, there, there has to be a standard by which sin is evaluated, right? And it's not, it's not the church's opinion. It's got to go back to the standard of the scriptures, right? And as the church is upholding the standards of the scriptures, they're going to have to judge between what's what's right and what's wrong. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so this, I'm glad you brought this up, this one up because I think people will also then capitalize. On that, if they're if they're not Christians, and they'll say, "Look, your text says um, to not judge those outside. What have I to do with judging outsiders? Is it not those inside the church we are to judge? God judges those outside. So, how do we work through that? Um, so, I think the uh, the same way we would go about judging those inside the church and the standards of which we would call them to repent would be very specific, right? When it comes to those outside, he tells us that, of course, we are, he's not telling us to not to, not to associate with those outside of the church who are engaged in all kinds of different forms of immorality or doing things contrary to God's word. That the idea is, is that you'd have to go outside of the world; you'd have to leave the world to get away from that. But you don't you don't come to, and this goes back to what Jesus says in in Matthew, I believe. When when you are engaging with a person who is not a Christian. Their main issue is not that they're engaged in some individual type of sin, right? Like, that's not their main issue. Like, maybe they're living in sexual morality. That's not their main issue. Maybe they're drunk. Well, that's not their main issue. Maybe they're a terrible uh, father. Right? That's not the main issue. The main issue is, is they are dead in their trespasses and sins, and they are not reconciled to God. So what do they need more than they need you to come and point out their individual sins? They need to know that it's not those individual things. Those are a manifestation of a, of a deeper reality that's within them, <clears throat> that they have a heart disposition that's at enmity with God. So to the non-believer, we come with the gospel. The truth of the gospel always does come, I believe, with the law first, then the gospel. Yeah. That seems to be Christ's pattern. That's the pattern of the apostles. There's a standard of God's law. No one holds it. No one was righteous, no, not one. The wages of sin is death. So we come with the gospel. Now, if we do come with the gospel and the reaction is vitriol, which it often is, I think then we can apply the rest of what Jesus says here. Don't don't give to dogs what is holy and do not throw your pearls before pigs lest they trample you underfoot and turn to attack you. That's what he says right com- coming right off of that statement on judgment. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the standards we apply. Christians right. should have friends. They should be friends with everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, friendly with everyone, um, and that means people who live a drastically different lifestyle than you. But the way to win that person is not to point out these individual sins, or else they're going to do this judgment thing. Be like, "What are you doing? Like judging? Don't judge," because th- these aren't even, these aren't the issue. The issue is a heart that is rebellious against God, which will manifest itself in a whole variety of ways. Mm-hmm. So, what they need more than anything else is to hear the truth of the gospel. But there may come a time... Which is going to come across as judgmental to people that sure. are in rebellion against God. Yeah, I don't see how it can. Uh, I mean, you're, you're, I mean, going, I mean, we're going to keep going back to Alistair Begg. Right. <laughs> the, the grandmother who doesn't go to her grandson's uh, transgender wedding, um, even if she doesn't say anything, if she just doesn't go, right. they know it's because she's a Christian. Sure. And it's going to come across as 
Look, it does. It's going to come across as judgmental. Right. So, I mean, like, say your, your kid's in college, right? And let's say he, is, he or she is friendly with everyone. Maybe they're on a sports team, whatever. But then if, if certain people on the team have a party where at the party people are doing, say they're getting drunk, doing drugs, people are having sex, like it's a college party, and you just don't go, and you never go, you never participate. What is often then perceived by the person who does those things freely and enjoys them is that you're a judgmental per- you're judging me. You're a judgmental person without ever saying a word, right? It's just going to happen. And that's part of, I think, you know, people that aren't believers, they know whether you ever tell them or not, because God has written his, his moral law, it's written on the human conscience, and people will suppress that truth and unrighteousness, and they'll adopt all kinds of mechanisms to protect their conscience. And one of those things that they do to protect their conscience, which is convicting them, is to take that out on you. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, I live this way, but you don't, and this, you've never even said anything to me about it, but, but because you won't participate in these things with me, you are judging me, you think you're better than me. And that's just because it's the I think it's part of that suppression. Right. To suppress the truth. Yeah. So, so yeah. we need to make sure that um, we keep the standard as the scriptures. Yeah, as you read in John, judge with right judgment. Mm. There's right. one standard of, ju- of of God's judgment that we are to go by. We aren't free to add to it. Like, I think alcohol is the perfect one, uh, though in our generation that's kind of fallen away. But that used to be like a church discipline kicked out of the church sin, which it's not in the Bible, mm. right? But somehow it was. So we aren't free to add to the scriptures yeah, or to take away, obviously. Right. Um so yeah, so keep keep the standard as the scriptures. Um, make sure that we're not just expressing our opinion. That that it it's always going back to, well, that's because that's what the Bible is is teaching. Mm-hmm. But we also need to make sure that we're not um, hypocrites. Yes, we need to make sure that we're not, um, because the because people people will notice. Yeah. Especially unbelievers. Yeah. Like they'll they'll notice if we're if we're calling them out for something and then we're turning around and we're doing something that's just like them, they'll notice. Yeah. Um it'd be very obvious. And Paul talks about that in Romans chapter 2. Mm-hmm. Right? Um he he starts off by um showing how the Gentiles are in rebellion against God in chapter 1. Mm-hmm. And then in chapter 2, yep. Um, he says um, he he goes after the Jews, yeah, because they're can, doing the same. Can, like you can like hear the Jews cheering him on, right? Go after those dogs, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're they're sinners, and he says, um, but if you call yourself a Jew and rely on the law and boast in God and know His will and approve what is excellent because you are instructed from the law, and if you are sure that you yourself are a guide to the blind, a light to those who are in darkness, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of children, having in the law the embodiment of knowledge and truth, you then who teach others, do you not teach yourself? While you preach against stealing, do you steal? You who say that one must not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who have abhor idols, do you rob temples? You who boast in the law, dishonor God by breaking the law. For as it is written, the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. Yeah, and I think I think that just what he says there, the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles. I mean, we don't have that dynamic here, but we could say the word of God is blasphemed among non-believers because mm-hmm. of you. Yeah. And I think that the world has seen a lot of hypocrisy in the church, mm. right? Yeah. I mean, that scandal... You know, for a while, first for, you know, it was the Roman Catholics. Mm. And then the SBC had their big scandal. Yeah. And so scandals. Scandals. (laughs) Scandals. And I think, you know, the world sees that and the world says, uh, this gospel you preach, there's, it's nothing because you do the same stuff Mm -hmm. as the world does. Yeah. So, yeah. So we, we need to be careful. I, I think that's where the, I think there can be a ring of truth to Christians being judgmental 
because they can get away from the clear teaching of scripture mm-hmm. and it can become opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think there's also a ring of truth to it because we so often are guilty of the same things that we right. call the world out. Right. Uh, that doesn't mean that we're sinless. It, it does mean that we are repenting mm-hmm. and we're following Christ. Yeah. Um, and the world needs to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, good. All right. Well, there's the first episode of uh, Most Abused Passages. All right, Giorgio, you want to take us home? I don't. But it's your turn. You haven't. You haven't done. Okay, I'll do it. It's I'll my. It's, it's my turn. turn. It's, it's my be. turn. I I intro and outro. Oh, did on you? Text driven Tuesday. You did. It is my turn. And you are. You're trying to pass it off. Is that that anxiety? I you have anxiety over the camera. Anxiety. You have anxiety over. There's a camera over. here. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks for joining us today for Free For All Friday. Hope this has been a blessing. Hope you learned something. Um, or maybe you kind of was a refresher to you. If this has been helpful, pass that along to a friend. You can like, subscribe, and you could share it. Um, another thing you can do is you can download our app. So we have a a, church, a new church app, Christ Fellowship Church. So you can type that in the Google Play Store or the Apple Play Store. It should come right up. Christ Fellowship Church Lawton. You can grab that on our website as well, cfclawton.org. Free to download. All the sermons are there. All the podcasts are there. It's a great uh, great tool. We're really grateful to have it. Um, you can also, if you are inclined, you can make donations on there. You can designate them to the church, or you can make them out to the podcast itself, and we can use that to upgrade. Uh, we're in need of a few things, so go ahead and check that out. So thanks for joining us today. We'll see you next week for Text Driven Tuesday. Bye-bye.